0: Was Ahsoka's shocking ending a red herring? Welcome back to Nerdist News. I'm Dan Casey, and today we're breaking down the latest episode of Ahsoka, the halfway mark delivered on epic lightsaber duel, shocking reveals, and some major implications for the rest of the show. We're gonna break it all down for you in just a moment, but to do so, we have to spoil what happens. So if you haven't seen the latest episode of Ahsoka yet and you're worried about that sort of thing, well, think of a good reason to leave. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? Episode four, titled Fallen Jedi, is the best episode of the series so far. It's a creepy, tense race against time, punctuated by thrilling lightsaber duels, fateful decisions, and the jaw-dropping might of the Eye of Sion at full power. I mean, seriously, poor Hera almost got straight up Holdo maneuvered. Now, the episode's title, Fallen Jedi, refers to multiple characters. Balin Skull and Shin Hati could easily be interpreted as fallen Jedi. This master and apprentice have clearly turned their backs on the Jedi Order, operating in a gray area between the light side and the dark side of the Force. It also refers to Ahsoka Tano herself, who not only literally falls off a cliff this episode, but left the Jedi Order behind after her faith was shattered in that institution during the Clone Wars. Not only did they falsely accuse her of bombing the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, but she saw firsthand how they failed to safeguard the Republic and how they ultimately failed her master, Anakin. But the episode's most shocking moment of all, and the true reason for the title, comes in its final moments. When Ahsoka awakens in a mysterious realm, she finds herself face to face with a sight for sore eyes. Hayden Christensen, I mean Anakin Skywalker. Ahsoka's old master looks less cybernetic and much more live action than when she last saw him. And once you get over the eerie smoothness of Lucasfilm's digital de-aging. So much like your father. It's an incredibly cool moment for Clone Wars fans that have been eagerly anticipating an on-screen reunion ever since Ahsoka first appeared in live action back in The Mandalorian. But where exactly is Ahsoka? Why is Anakin back? And is that really him? Well, the truth might be more complicated than any of us first expected. So let's break down what actually happened. During her duel with Balin's skull at the Hanjohn Sea Toss, Ahsoka is tossed into the sea. She seemingly disappears into that watery abyss below as the overhead shot later in the episode reveals nothing but stormy seas. However, to the shock of absolutely no one, Ahsoka did not die in the show titled Ahsoka, at least not yet. But with that said, she has died before, and it does seem connected to what's happening now, but more on that in just a little bit. When Ahsoka awakens, she's in a mystical realm known as the World Between Worlds. First appearing in the Star Wars Rebels season four episode, A World Between Worlds, this mysterious plane of existence acts as a nexus of space and time in the galaxy far, far away. The Jedi Ezra Bridger discovered a way into this realm through an ancient Jedi temple on Lothal. This seemingly infinite expanse contains gateways leading to moments across both space and time in the past, present, and maybe even the future. And as he explores, Ezra hears many familiar voices like Rey, Yoda, Maz Kanata, Princess Leia, and even a snippet of Anakin speaking to Ahsoka. Inside the World Between Worlds, Ezra encounters Morai, a green bird with a mystical connection to Ahsoka. It leads Ezra to a portal showcasing a very familiar moment in time, the last time Ezra saw Ahsoka dueling Darth Vader on Malachor a few years earlier. And right as Vader was about to strike a potentially fatal blow on Ahsoka, Ezra reaches through this portal and pulls her through it, saving her life. What we last saw of Vader was him disappearing into a bright white abyss as the floor of the temple on Malachor began to break apart. But don't worry, he got better. Okay, so remember how I mentioned earlier that Ahsoka died previously? Well, that happened on Mortis, a different ethereal realm with equally cosmic implications. While there with Obi-Wan and Anakin, Ahsoka encountered three beings, the father, the son, and the daughter, and each one represents a different aspect of the Force. The daughter is the light side, the son is the dark side, and the father is the balance between them. Now, during their time there, the son wound up actually murdering Ahsoka in an effort to tempt Anakin to the dark side. But in the episode, Altar of Mortis, the daughter provided some literal deus ex machina by sacrificing herself to bring Ahsoka back from the brink of death. Now, according to the book, Star Wars, The Secrets of the Sith, the world between worlds connects all of time and space, creating a conduit between the living and the dead. Now, given the time and space part, it seems pretty obvious Ahsoka's going to use this realm to chase after Sabine, Balin, Shin, and Morgan, now that the Eye of Sion has departed this galaxy for more paradian pastures. But much more interesting for our purposes and the Anakin of it all is that line about the world between worlds creating a conduit between life and death. In Altar of Mortis in the Clone Wars, Anakin was the one that acted as the conduit between the living and the dead. He helped transfer the Daughter's essence into Ahsoka. And that's also what likely forged the bond between Ahsoka and Morai, because that bird was intrinsically tied to the Daughter. And considering we saw Morai in the first depiction of the world between worlds, it could also give Ahsoka a deeper connection to this mystical realm as well. Another interesting detail is that Anakin's first words to his almost-assassinated apprentice in *Altar of Mortis are basically the same ones he uttered in this episode. Hey, Snips. Anakin's next words, though, in the Ahsoka series are a bit more confusing. I didn't expect to see you so soon. And this raises a number of questions like, how did Ahsoka wind up back inside the World Between Worlds? Well, it's likely connected to the ancient Henge on Cetos constructed by ancient people from beyond our galaxy. Much like how Ezra accessed the World Between Worlds through an ancient Jedi temple on Lothal, this site on Cetos could also have strong ties to the Force existing on these mystical ley lines. Now, Ahsoka also seemed to understand something intrinsically about the world between worlds. The way one uses it could have potentially catastrophic consequences. Like everything connected to the Force, there's a light side and a dark side. They exist in perfect harmony until somebody throws them off balance. (laughs) And speaking of that balance, the next logical question becomes whether or not Anakin is alive or dead. Anakin's line here about not expecting to see Ahsoka so soon could suggest that, temporally, it feels like that she just left him. This could be a manifestation of Anakin from around the time that Ahsoka left him and the Jedi Order behind, after they falsely accused her of a heinous terrorist act. It could also mean that Anakin is dead, and he wasn't expecting to see his apprentice shuffle off this mortal coil quite so soon either. And this interpretation seems increasingly likely, given the notion of the world between worlds being a conduit between the living and the dead. Plus, there's the fact that Anakin never knew about the world between worlds until at least he became Darth Vader at the absolute earliest. Anakin Skywalker's final moments were ultimately redemptive. They led the Chosen One back into the light to help restore balance to the Force. As we know, he then became a Force ghost, originally appearing as his older self before the special editions retconned that moment to make him appear as a younger Hayden Christensen. And that makes sense why Anakin might appear this way to Ahsoka now. Now, this moment is pretty quintessential Star Wars. You have a reunion between Master and Apprentice even after one has died, but there is a sinister undercurrent to it. Perhaps most significant is the musical shift that happens as the episode fades to black. We hear the beginnings of the Imperial March, John Williams' iconic theme for Darth Vader. And it's important to note, the theme cuts off before completing its musical phrase. And maybe that signals that this is Anakin on the precipice of a descent into the dark side rather than fully embracing it. It also harkens back to the Clone Wars animated series where the Imperial March would play in the background whenever Anakin did something that pushed himself closer to embracing the dark side. For example, it plays in the season two episode, Voyage of Temptation, where Anakin kills a traitorous Senator when neither Obi-Wan nor Satine can bring themselves to do so. What? He was gonna blow up the ship. It's ironic considering his future employer. I am the Senate. But maybe not considering what he does to said employer later on. But kidding aside, why would that music cue be playing now? Well, maybe it's not Anakin after all. During their initial visit to the World Between Worlds, Ezra and Ahsoka saw a different portal, one that showed Ezra's master, the Jedi Kanan Jarrus. He was heroically sacrificing himself to save his friends. And while Ezra wanted to save Kanan just like he saved Ahsoka, she ultimately stopped him. She reasoned that trying to alter this moment in time could have catastrophic consequences. Kanan died saving Ezra's life. Trying to change that could potentially kill Ezra and his friends and do immeasurable damage to the past, present, and future. As it turns out though, saving Kanan was never really an option. The image in that portal dissolved to reveal Palpatine conducting a mysterious ritual and then trying to manipulate Ezra to gain access to the world between worlds. I don't know if like vampire rules apply here or something, but the emperor couldn't just access the world between worlds on his own. He needed someone to let him in. Even so, he still managed to use the dark side of the forest to attack them inside the world between worlds. And these two barely managed to escape with their lives and make it back to their original spots in the timeline. So, with the knowledge that Palpatine had designs on the world between worlds and the mysterious way that Vader is shown disappearing in the original Rebels episode, we have to wonder, was that actually Anakin Skywalker in this episode or not? Playing Vader's music surely signals that something malevolent is happening here. And also, why was Anakin so smooth? So much like your father. If you remember back in Obi-Wan, they did not digitally de-age Hayden Christensen during his flashback, but they did here. Why? Maybe it's to convey an uncanny valley quality because this version of Anakin or whoever it might be is appearing as an idealized vision in the world between worlds. And since we know that Palpatine will return to the galaxy far, far away one day from beyond the grave. Somehow Palpatine returned it seems plausible that he could be using the world between worlds once again for his own sinister purposes. To quote my colleague, Michael Walsh, Palpatine called it a conduit between the living and the dead, and the dead emperor's ultimate plan was to always cheat death. Somehow Palpatine returned. Anyway, folks, there you have it. That's everything you need to know about Anakin Skywalker's shocking appearance on Ahsoka and what it might mean moving forward. We'll be waiting with bated breath for next week's episode, and we'll have plenty of other deep dives for you on Nerdist in the meantime. For now, though, tell us, what did you think of this episode? What did you think of Anakin's big return? And do you think that Ahsoka will have to read the map burned into her hand like Raiders of the Lost Ark? Let us know in the comments below, and for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, make sure that you stay tuned to Nerdist.com.